It's not about winning over every single person. It's about filtering through the people you're sorting to find your raving fans. Once you get those people, then you're winning and you never have to worry about advertising and and spending money on ads again. Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. After this episode, you will have the tools you need to create content and repurpose it. I talked to Laura Stewart, the VP of Sales and Marketing at Rec Canada, and we discuss how to turn one pillar piece of content into 23 micro pieces. We discuss tips on how to manage content creation And she reveals three unique ways to grow a podcast. A lot of value in this episode on content creation. You don't want to miss any of it. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Welcome. Laura, thank you for having me. What a great name. You know, I was thinking the same thing about you. <laughs> Shouldn't have. <laughs> well, this is awesome because we're really going to sink our teeth into how to produce content and a lot of it without missing the quality. So I just want to dive headfirst into how you turn one piece, one macro piece of content into 23 micro pieces. Can you take us through this process? Yeah. So my team and I, we developed a guide about a year ago based off of a lot of trial and error that we were doing. We were helping a business partner of mine produce content with the aim of really enhancing his personal brand, getting his name out there, which was really top of the funnel in terms of marketing to get people into our business. We're in real estate. So you know, there's 65,000 real estate agents here in the greater Toronto area. And you got to think of creative ways to kind of set yourself apart. We stumbled across a content guide that Gary Vaynerchuk, a, a pretty famous entrepreneur, has given away for free. We kind of worked along with that and then changed it to kind of make it work for us. Um, And then we, of course, made our own guide after that, which was a 23 pieces of content simply by doing one macro piece of content. So the whole concept really revolves around how can you do as little work as possible, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're all busy, right? And content creation, like we're not all content creators as as a job. That's really just a marketing tool. So, you know, we're we're busy people. We got a lot on the go, a lot of meetings and, and things to do. And so it's how can you make content creation just part of your daily life versus sitting there and setting up the cameras and doing shoot after shoot after shoot. And that takes up the whole day or it can for sure. And a lot of people quit because of it. So the concept came up was how can we shoot one piece of content So let's say take an hour piece of content and really break that piece of content down into 23 micro pieces of content. So we started with a podcast, a video recorded podcast, but I do want to make a point to say that that's not necessarily where you need to start. I imagine, Laura, a lot of your listeners are like, look, I understand that I need to start dabbling in content creation, but I'm not really sure where I should go with it. I don't really like myself on camera or I think I have an awful voice or I'm a terrible writer, whatever it is. I always say, what is it that you're most comfortable with today? So if today you're not comfortable doing something like this, like you and I are doing right now, then maybe we consider just doing an audio only podcast where you just need a mic, 
There are no cameras and we're going to put it out on podcast platforms. If you're not comfortable with that either, then let's just start with a blog. And so I, you know, I really want to preface all of this by saying that I want you to take baby steps in the content creation game. I don't think you should go out, spend a ton of money on equipment and say that you're going to be producing a, a video recorded podcast six times a week. You're going to get overwhelmed and chances are you're not going to do it. The whole point of content creation is that you should enjoy doing it. You should talk about things you're passionate about. And that'll ultimately help you be consistent with it, which is really the key because that's how you're going to see get more engagement and get more eyeballs on your content. So now that I've said that, again, we started with a video recorded podcast. So what we'll do is once a week, we schedule a guest to come on our podcast, an expert in their field. And they're essentially just going to talk to us about what they know. We're going to ask them questions and allow the viewers and the listeners to really be a fly on the wall in that conversation. So say that's an hour-long conversation with an expert. And the good news about having guests on any type of show, by the way, is that you don't need to be the expert. You don't need to know everything. You just need to be curious, listen, and then ask interesting questions to that person. So that's that's a great tip if you're just getting started. And again, if you're not really comfortable talking about a topic for too long. So you do the, the one-hour recording. And then what you're going to do is you're going to put that one-hour recording out on YouTube. Okay? So that's your first piece of content. Then what you're going to do, you're going to strip the audio. So there's uh, you know apps that you can use that that will take the audio out. And you'll put that up on podcasting platforms. Libsyn specifically is a great tool to use where you post it to Libsyn and that essentially posts it to all podcasting platforms because there's hundreds of them, I'm sure. So you don't want to be sitting there getting an account for each one. So now all of a sudden you have a podcast. Then what you can do, you can use a an app kind of, it's called Trent, but I'm sure there's other ones, but that's the one that we're using where you put the audio into it and it spits out a written form of your audio. And essentially you can kind of manipulate that and make a couple changes and voila, you have a blog. So already with that one piece of content, I've already got three macro pieces of content just from that. Now here's where things get interesting. What you want to do is then break that up into lots of micro pieces of content. And I don't know how much detail you want me to go into here, Laura, but you know, you, you can kind of guide me on, on where you want me to take this, but that's really where the gold is. Cause that's where you're going to be posting every day on all the social media platforms. Okay. So lovely explanation, so much to dig deeper with, but my first question for you, before we go into the 20 pieces so that people listening can really just like mark this down and do it themselves, like full framework, ahead, everyone who's listening. Before we do that, I'm sure people are also thinking 23 pieces of content. Do I really need all 23 pieces of content? So you mentioned like podcasting, you mentioned the blog, and then you mentioned like just the audio. So that's three macro pieces. And I do that for my podcast as well. But people are listening are like, that. that's enough. Like, do I need more? So my question to you is, how do you know what to create? And then we'll talk about how do you know where to put it? That's a great question. Do you need more than those three items? Those three items are already great because you're probably doing better and more than the majority of people. Mm -hmm. I also think it's really important to say that some people say, like, I just want to be a YouTube star, let's say. That's great. But what if something happens to YouTube and now you have no followers anywhere else? The idea is really to have a community of people wherever people are. 
So you want people to know you on the Facebooks. You want people to know you on Instagram, YouTube, on podcasting platforms, because that's where they are. Their attention changes. And depending where they are in their day, their attention changes. So maybe on their drive into work, they want to be listening to a, a podcast. Maybe when they're at work, they don't have time to be watching a YouTube channel, you know, an hour long episode, but they might want a quick hit because they're bored or maybe they're walking to the washroom and they want to take out their phone and be entertained. And so you need to be on their phone where they are. Well, where are they? They're probably in Instagram or, or they're on TikTok. And so it's important for you to have content that's specific to those platforms so that no matter what, people are seeing you again and again and again. And so my answer to it is, do you need all 23 pieces of content? No. But could you use more than what you're doing? Yes. I always say, if you can do more, you should be doing more. Okay. So someone listening is like, oh my gosh, 23 pieces. I can't do that. What what do you think is the bare minimum pieces of content people should be producing per week? I would really say on the social media platforms, you really want to be on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And you... If you can, you want to be producing and posting content on those platforms once a day, every single day. So that's three posts a day, essentially, because you're doing it on all the on all the platforms. Obviously, if your podcast is really only if you're only doing it once a month, for example, that's only going to be once a month that you post it on that, and then the video is going to be posted to YouTube once a month. And so I know you're going to get to the well, what am I posting? But I can <laughs> I can definitely go over that as well. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's important to not just pick these platforms because we're talking about it, but making sure that your target audience is on those platforms. For example, if not necessarily my target audience for this podcast, but for e-commerce, Pinterest is a really good platform to be on. And even TikTok. So I noticed you that nailed you nailed it on the head. Yeah. I, I didn't say those, I guess, because, and my apologies, I, I, that's, um, a real estate agent. So I, I kind of, flock to where I think my crowd is. But that's such an important part, Laura, that you mentioned Mm -hmm. is you really got to be where your target market is. So a lot of my target market are people in their late 40s and early 50s. They're still on Facebook. They haven't even graduated necessarily to the Instagrams of the world, right? So I definitely want to be there. I'm also trying to appeal to other real estate agents. So LinkedIn's super great for me. But you're right. If if you have a have an audience who's on Pinterest or who's exclusively on TikTok, like that's definitely where you need to be. And you need to format your content accordingly. I don't think you should go to one of those applications where you can put one piece of content in it and shoots it out to all of your social medias. That's not how this is going to work. You really have to be cognizant of the language that you use and post natively to each of the platforms because your audience in each of those platforms is different. Such a good point. But yes, just to recap, choose the platforms that are best for your audience, whoever is listening. And it's okay to just be on one or two. You don't have to be on all nine of them. Uh, Just make sure that your audience is there or else you're posting for nothing and you're wasting your time. So I think we can go back to the 23 pieces of micro content and do like the next three to five pieces that would add to the three macro pieces of content that we were talking about before. So what are the like the next five? Yeah. So at first you're going to start again, let's say it's the day that your podcast episode is going live. You're going to need a thumbnail for that. So what is that? It's an image essentially that's going to be produced and put up on the podcasting platform. You're also going to need that same image for YouTube. 
Okay. So I always say, take that image and now you're going to post that. Let's use Instagram, for example. So you're going to post that thumbnail or that image on Instagram and you're going to write in the caption, link in bio, and you're going to give a description of what the podcast was about, trying to drive people to your podcast episode. So that's one piece of content that you can create easily. I also think it's important to note that before the podcast is actually up and live, you had to do a recording. So you and I are recording this today and I had my team taking behind the scenes photos and videos of us doing this, right? And so I'm going to be posting that on stories across some of the different podcasting platforms. So it's important to know that you got to be capturing the content as you're doing it. People love behind the scenes types of things. They like to know what you're up to. Even if they don't have access to the full video yet, they just like to see what you're up to. And I think those types of things are great for stories. So you can get one to four pieces of content just there, just from recording what the behind the scenes of what you're doing. Amazing. So true. And I think what people don't realize is just by executing one piece of content, it's actually so easy to create so many. And the example you use is like the podcast. Every week I put out an episode, I create a thumbnail, I create a description. I reuse those images on all kinds of other platforms. Yeah, exactly. You know, the podcast is so great. Like when we talk about this macro piece of content, because you essentially have an hour's worth of content or a half hour's worth of content. It's now let's take a look at that content and find ways that we can snip this content to make it more user-friendly for the different social media platforms. So perhaps in this conversation that we're having today, there's a minute here of some really good material. Let's break up this podcast into three, four, five micro pieces of content or videos and then post those throughout the next couple of days, you can either continue to drive people to the macro podcast or YouTube page. But I always say, don't always ask people for something. Sometimes it's good to just put out the content, provide the education and the value without asking people for anything. So it's not always like you should go into a close, like, please go to like subscribe to my YouTube page or please go to my podcast and like it and comment. Sometimes it's just good enough. Just give the information away for free. And I find that that works really well in the you know three to six clips that you're going to get from your podcast episode. Yeah, because I think people mistake like the content creation is always having to reinvent the wheel. Whereas like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Use what you have over and over and over again. <laughs> you, you're so right. We, so we started a, a media company and we've worked with a number of clients now who, who saw what we were doing on the media side and were inspired by it. And then as soon as they got into the room, you know, it's, it's, they, they thought they needed to create a new piece of content each time. And they thought, I don't have the time for this. This is going to take forever. I feel like all you guys must do then is produce content. We're like, actually, no, like we, we sell a lot of real estate. So most of the time we're doing our, we're doing our job. Um, and then we just do this for an hour, but we're just very thoughtful about how to chop up one piece of content and, and make it user-friendly again on all the platforms. So how long does it take your team to chop it all up? That's a great question. It really depends on the length of of the mm-hmm. the video. It also depends on the quality of the video. So not every podcast, you're going to get awesome little tidbits of information that are perfect for, say, reels, right? You don't always have something that's 15 seconds. Sometimes people will be speaking and it requires three, four minute 
full length video. So if you're chopping it up like that, you might not get that many, but the team can really turn an entire podcast episode around in, in a day. Like we can get all of the materials from it. Another interesting thing that we like to do is again, using that trend. Remember when I said you trend the podcast to get the written word and you can kind of manipulate that to make a blog. Mm-hmm. What we'll also do is go through the trend and I'm doing this because it's a highlighter. So anyone who's watching, so I'm <laughs> highlighting the page and you're highlighting some of the important things that were said. So take some really interesting quotes, either from you or from your guest. And now what we're going to do is we're going to, maybe we'll write that on our Twitter account if it's a really good quote. And then we'll take a snapshot of our Twitter account and then we'll post that on Instagram. So see, now I've got two pieces of content, but it's all from the same podcast. Uh, another thing you could do is take that quote and do and put it over an image. So maybe you take a, pictures of yourself and you're, a, you know, you're really good at, at at photography. You can always do the quote overlay on something like that, which is very interesting, particularly for something like Instagram that is very photo friendly. Yeah, all really really good ideas. So I want to know what systems or tools do you have in place to really streamline this process because. Someone listening to this is like a day. First of all, that's eight hours. It's quite long. But also you're getting so much from one piece of content. So do you have a few tips on how to set up a system to make sure that this goes smoothly? Yeah, that's a great question, Laura. And I, I kind of... It's unfortunate because my answer it might scare a couple people, but I, I do want to preface this all by saying like you work towards these things. Mm-hmm. We've built a team around us now to help us produce content. That certainly was not the case when we started. So back in 2018, we started the podcast. It was an audio only podcast and it was just me and my colleague doing the podcast together. I was literally YouTubing like how to start a podcast, how to post a podcast, how to change the audio, how to, you know, make a thumbnail. I I knew nothing and I'm not tech savvy at all. And he and I just figured it out, just trial and error, trial and error. And the good news is with something like a podcast or a YouTube show, there's not that many people listening at the start. Let's be honest. So even if it's not that great quality, at least you did it. You're putting the reps in, which I think is the most important because you're doing something and then you can adjust. And then you're putting out another episode, you get more feedback, then you can adjust. And so through that trial and error along the last couple of years, we've started to grow a team around us that can help us do this a lot faster. It's also quite advantageous to have people who are experts in their field versus someone like me trying to make a thumbnail when I just got my first MacBook the other day. So (laughs) I'm not very good at that stuff, right? Congratulations. Well, thank you. I I feel like I'm part of the club now. But yeah, so I, you know, it's a lot can be done on your own. So again, I don't want to scare anyone by saying like, oh, you need to have this team and you need to be spending $100,000 on salaries. That is definitely not the case. Most of these things can be done if you just take a little bit of extra time, maybe every night, if you have a full-time job during the day and then you know at night you're you're working on it and you just need to find the time and commit to your content because the content really is so important. And then what you're going to learn is maybe you can get an intern. It's amazing how many interns we've gotten over time. You can go to some schools to see if there's any students who need some hours or need some experience and they're happy to do stuff Fiverr or there's certain, you know, there's other websites that you can go to to get thumbnails and stuff created. So There's lots of hacks, but I will say that if you put the money back into your business, so, you know, I I know that you, you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, instead of taking every dollar you earn and going 
buying yourself a fancy car or buying yourself some nice new clothes, which I get. We all love that stuff. But if you just put that money back into your business, what you'll see is that you're going to be able to hire people a lot faster. And by hiring people, you're able to produce the content faster, which will help you grow your business. And so in the end, it's going to be money well spent. I trust me on this one. (laughs) I do trust you, Laura. (laughs) So you mentioned like people really just need to pump out content. Like that's what people need to do. So my question to you, and it might be a little tricky, what are people missing out if they're not producing content? They're just focusing on the, you know, the nitty gritty of their business and trying to get more leads and stuff as opposed to really working on that content. Yeah, Laura, I I have seen this firsthand. So can business happen without producing content? Of course it can. It's been happening for for centuries without... There wasn't social media forever. So how on earth did we all get by? So of course there's business to be done without doing it. What I think content really does and and focusing on your personal brand is really you got to look at sales like a funnel right? So you think of the top of the funnel, like your brand awareness. I always say before your company should be you. People want to connect with other people. So if you base your content around yourself, your personality, your passions, things that you like, and people start to connect with you, what's going to happen is, is they're going to be very, very interested in what you're selling. All of a sudden, they're going to do that digital deep dive and they're going to say, well, what does Laura really do? I mean, she's always talking like me personally, like I love talking about fashion and I connect with a lot of people through that. And then what they find is, oh my gosh, she's a real estate agent. I would love to use her as a real estate agent because she's going to find me a house with an incredible closet. You know what I mean? So you 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 make these connections with people simply by building the content. What you'll find is that instead of you always having to go outbound, instead of you always having to make the phone calls and find clients or put up billboards that are quite expensive, you can create content for relatively cheap, which is working on the top of the funnel. You're building that trust. And then that will eventually result in sales. The important thing to note here though, is this does not happen overnight. This is not like you're going to post one YouTube video and it's going to go viral. Does that happen? Of course it does, but it doesn't happen to the average person. You got to be putting in time and effort into this every single week and you just watch it slowly. Sometimes it's going to feel like watching paint dry. It's going to be painful. But then in a year's time, you're going to look back and let's say you did a podcast every single week because I have 52 podcasts. Now, all of a sudden you have a content library of things. Maybe you can start sending some of those pieces of content through emails to your clients, right? If you have a a great database campaign, an email campaign of you uh, sending emails to people consistently providing value, now no longer do you have to type the whole thing out. Now you can say, click the video to learn more about XYZ. Right. So there's other ways that you can use the content well, which will help drive hopefully future business. But I I, I really do believe that if you can get people to connect with you, those people are going to be raving fans of yours. They're going to tell their sister, their brother, their neighbor, their father, whoever about you. And they're going to say, you got to watch this person. I've been watching this person for a year and they they're always telling me how to you know, how to get a mortgage or the best way to pair separates together. And, and then it's, that's going to result in the business. And I think that people also need to consider speaking about things that are not just business related. And I'm using real estate agents as an example, but real estate agents are notorious for always wearing the suit and tie, having that beautiful photo like this, putting themselves on on flyers and dropping them in their mailbox and their Instagram feed is a bit is just their business, but then their personal page is way different. 
They never mesh the two. I want to see, Laura, like I want to see you as you. I want to know something about you. And maybe we don't jive because maybe you like football and I don't like football. And so now you've lost me as a client. That's okay. It's not about winning over every single person. It's about filtering through the people. You're sorting to find your raving fans. Once you get those people, then you're winning and you never have to worry about advertising and and spending money on ads again. Yeah, so many good points. First of all, I'm also not a big fan of football. Just wanted to put it out there. We like football, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so that's how we don't jive, okay, Laura? We're, we're not just, driving. We're just we're not, not driving. driving, okay? <laughs> Another point, and I just want to reiterate what you said, is that creating content is worth it long-term. So if anyone listening, all the entrepreneurs listening, don't be scared. Like, dive in, get to it, start doing it. Because in the long-term, first of all, everyone's doing it. So that means your competitors are doing it. And if you're not doing it, that means you're falling behind. And finally, I also like that you address the funnel because a lot of people create content and just stick to like the top of the funnel, the awareness, but you identified by sending it in a newsletter, that's kind of middle of funnel. You know, you're nurturing your audience. You can use your content pieces for every different part of the customer journey, every different part of the funnel. And that's super important. You know, I do want to add on to this, Laura. I think it's super important. And I've seen a lot of people make this mistake. They've gone through the process of starting the podcast. They got the camera. They got the lighting. They've recorded it. They put out the episode. They're super excited about it. Then they do another one. They're super excited about it. They put it out as well. And then they get stuck. You know, after a month, they put out four episodes and they're like, no one's watching it. I don't understand. I posted it on Instagram. No one went. At the end of the day, you still have to be a salesperson. You have to get relentless about telling people about your content. So if you're at a family reunion or you're in a chat group with 10 of your friends and your friends are not following your page, you need to hit them up. Okay. And here's the thing. You can do it tastefully. You're not always, you're not asking them to buy anything. It's not going to cost them any money. You're literally just asking them to do you a solid. So here's what I say to a lot of our clients. There's a a number of ways you can promote your podcast. Number one, send every single person on your phone a quick text message with the link to your podcast or your YouTube page and say, hey, look, I just came out with a podcast and I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping to get your advice or I'm hoping to get your feedback on how you think this episode went. Please, could you watch it for me and just let me know? Nine times out of 10, people are so happy to give back to people, particularly people that you like. Most people on your phone, you probably know you and they're happy to do that for you. They'll watch it simply to give you the feedback and the advice. Should you take all the tips that they give you? Not necessarily. Also understand that everyone's feedback is subjective, but you know, hopefully if you have a big enough sample size, then you'll say, okay, like maybe my lighting wasn't good. Maybe that's something I can work on. So let everyone you know via text. The second thing you can do is, particularly if you're a salesperson, entrepreneur, chances are you're on a lot of phone calls as it is. So I like to end all my phone calls by saying like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a podcast show that teaches people how to produce their own content. Again, I I would love your advice. Uh, We have a a, a podcast episode on increasing your Instagram followers. I'm going to shoot you the link in in a text. Please, again, let me know what you think. I, I would love your support or something like that. 
The third thing you can do is obviously email. Every time you have an episode, you got to send your database an email saying that you have a a new podcast episode out. Um, You have an amazing guest. Talk about the episode and then link them to the show. And then, of course, as I've already mentioned, be sure to post this on all your social media platforms in a timely manner. You're trying to drive people to this page. There's a lot of clutter in YouTube and in, in the podcast realm. There's a lot of clutter there. <laughs> so what are you going to do to make people go see it? People are not going to just find you. They're not going to just find you on YouTube. You need to constantly be telling people. And again, if you go into it with, look, I would just love your feedback. Again, you'll get people to the page. Maybe they'll start engaging with you. Maybe you'll get a subscribe every now and then. And again, you're not really asking for anything except for their help. And if you even say it like, look, Laura, I need your help with something. Like, I really need your help. I'm new at this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm really nervous. Can you just let me know how this went? Do you know how much, like that's going to feed people. They're going to want to help you. So I think if you you go at it from that approach, you'll find that you'll get a lot more traction. I love that. With that, I want to continue the 23 ways that you can create content. Yeah. So if you have your list, let's continue. So we we ended off with like Twitter, Instagram, photos with using a quote. Yeah. So let's finish off this list for everyone listening. What are yeah. the last few ways we can create content? Yeah. So um, again, what what's an interesting thing you can do is with the transcription that you did through Trent, I said you could take just a little quote and put it up on, on um, Twitter and then take that image and put it back. You can also natively say in Instagram, you can do like a text only. You don't have to put up an image. You'd be surprised breaking up your feed with a text image that you created within Instagram. I, I'm talking no post-production. So here's the beauty. You don't need a team to do half of this stuff. Like I told you, go into your Twitter account, do it, post it, take a screenshot. This as well, right? Just go into Instagram, do a text only and write part of the script down or do a carousel of it. So people are, have to keep going to read the whole thing. And that's kind of like a little mini blog that you're going to put up on Instagram. So that's another idea you could do. Uh, Like I said, capturing all of the behind the scenes. If you're a content producer, like I want you to showcase you setting up for the podcast. I want you to showcase when you've landed a great guest that like, guys, I'm so excited. I got an incredible guest. And that's easy as this. Again, that doesn't take a camera setup or anything like that. Just take your phone out and do a quick selfie video of you doing that. Post that in your stories or post that in your main feed and try and get a sense of where you're getting a lot of engagement with those types of posts. Where else could we go with this? I think I already mentioned, you know, turning things into a blog. Again, a lot of these things will be depending how many pieces of content you can get, but you're going to be doing like, again, six types of videos, your quote overlays, your stories that you're going to take while you're while you're doing the podcast, the blog, the YouTube video, and the podcast. So you just got to play around with all those different things to see what works. I love it. And that's such a complete list for everyone who doesn't know where to start. You gave such a good blueprint on how to approach content, why it's important. And I just want to ask you, where can people find you? Where can people keep in touch with you because it seems like you have a lot of great advice. Well, thank you very much. Um, I would say the easiest place to probably see what I'm up to and see my content is on Instagram. Uh, so that's Laura Stewart TO. Laura, maybe you can put that in the in the show notes for me. As well, if you enjoyed this podcast and you really want to get the full guide, the 23 pieces of content guide, 
just DM me on Instagram. I'll be happy to shoot that over to you. It's a guide. We give it away for free. And it really breaks it down um, on how you can produce that much content from one macro piece of content. I love it. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura.